Sunday morning, you're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. Sometimes you have to be willing to be the one that's going to run the risk of looking foolish for God. It takes courage to have faith in God, especially when you're standing in a crowd of those who do not believe. I've got to be willing to be the one that will take God at his word, that will not care what the crowds will say, that will not care how it will make me look. But even if I've got to get down on my hands and knees and crawl to touch the hem of his garment, I I want to be the one that says what he has is what I need and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to achieve and attain what I need from the Lord. I want to challenge you this morning to be the one, be the one that is willing to take God at his word and to see the goodness of God come to pass in the land of the living. Are you willing to be the one? We know that in Luke 17, Luke gives us an account of the 10 lepers that Jesus healed. The 10 lepers saw him and the Bible tells us that they began to cry out unto him and ask him for mercy and for pity. The Bible says in Luke 17, beginning at verse 11, that it came to pass as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, glorified God and he fell down at the feet of Jesus giving him thanks and he was a Samaritan and Jesus answered and said were there not ten cleansed but where are the nine there are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger and Jesus said unto him arise go thy way thy faith have made thee whole. Only Luke gives us the account of the 10 lepers. And we are grateful that he does because it shows us that Jesus had no respect of persons. He was not afraid to come to the needs of those who called upon him. Even when the community has ostracized them and even when the community has considered them unclean and even when they were loathed and feared by the community around them, a burden to their society, Jesus was not afraid to come to where they were to meet them at their point of their need and to speak to that which they had need of. I thank him because
because our sin does not drive him away. The stench of our sin does not offend him. The burden in our life and all that we have done does not drive him from us where we have shame and where we have fear and where others are afraid of us. Jesus is drawn to us because he came to seek and to save them that are lost. If you need a savior, he's the best friend you could ever have. If you have a need, he's the best friend you could ever have because he's looking for you. He's looking to deliver you. He's looking for you. He's looking to heal you, looking to help you, looking to bring you out of whatever it is that ails you. Jesus is seeking and saving those that are lost. If you have a need this morning, we bid you come unto him, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and he, he will give you rest. He is not afraid to be touched by the sins in your life. He is not afraid to touch you right where you are. There were 10 lepers. They had been put outside of the city. These men were considered unclean. Leprosy was considered an incurable and infectious disease. So they could not have contact with their loved ones or anyone in the city or community any longer. Once they had been declared a leper, they had to be put outside of the city. They were to have a certain look about them so that people would know that these are leprous men, that they would know that you cannot come near them. And even if you missed it, even if you didn't realize that these are lepers, they were to yell as you approached unclean, unclean, so that you would know that you're approaching one that has an infectious disease and it would give you the ability to go the other way. These are men that no one wanted to have anything to do with. So they were used to standing afar off and yelling for others to have mercy and pity upon them because that's the only way they could make it. They couldn't hold down a job. They couldn't go and till the land. So someone had to come and give them food, just like a beggar on the side of the road. Someone had to have pity upon them. And here comes Jesus and they don't know that he's the son of the living God. They're just asking for pity that they've asked for so many, but they don't know that this one is coming with healing in his wings. He's coming to deliver them and bring them out, not just give them food for a day, but healing for a lifetime, not just to give them mercy for this moment, but to give them grace that will get them through the rest of their life. And he says unto them, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. First of all, you got to take God at his word. You got to believe that what he tells you, you will be obedient to do it. And as you do it, you will see the blessing blessings of God come to pass. You're waiting on God to do it for you before you give him praise. You're waiting on God to manifest the healing before you go on your way. But he says, keep on going. And as you go, the healing will manifest because your going proves the faith that you have in the word that he speaks over your life. Naaman, you got to go wash in the dirty Jordan and you will be healed. Naaman says, well, why would I wash in dirty Jordan? There's beautiful pools of water where I from. I should go wash in one of those, but take him at his word. Do what he said. And as you obey what he told you to do, you will see the blessings that he has spoken over you come to pass in your life. You want the blessings, but you haven't done what he told you to do. As they went, they were healed. You got to do what he told you to do. And as you do it, as you become obedient to his word, you will see the blessings manifested in your life. And as we do it, and as he heals us, I want 
want to be like that one. There were 10 that were healed, but only one came back to say, thank you. Would you be the one that turns around with a loud voice? Listen, when they wanted pity and mercy from Jesus, they cried out with a loud voice that the Lord would have mercy upon them. So once he is healed, he doesn't now become cowardly and, and quiet in his thanksgiving and adoration to God. But with that same exuberance that he yelled for help, that same exuberance that he yelled that God would intervene in his situation, he turns back and yells, thank you. Listen, you were loud before you came to God. Bring that exuberance and that zeal into the house of God and worship him like you rejoiced in the world. You can bring that rejoicing over here and give it to one that is truly worthy of your rejoicing. Don't come over here and sit like a lump on a log when Jesus has been good to you, when he has been merciful to you. You're going to go and yell for your favorite team and that is okay. But you just need to bring that same zeal and exuberance in the house of God and yell for him. He's the only one that changed your life. The only one that gave you eternal hope. The only one that has the ability to turn your circumstance around with a loud voice. Be the one that turns back to say thank you. We give you thanks because of all that you have done. I want to be the one because what happened when the one leopard turned around to give thanks and fell down at the the, uh, feet of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus looked and said, I know I healed 10 where are the other nine? He said, but there's only one found that came back to give glory to God. And he said, arise and go your way for your faith has made you whole. The one that came back to say, thank you, not only receive healing, but he was made whole. It's one thing to be healed, but another thing to be made whole. I want to be healed and I want to be whole. You need to turn around and give him praise, even when it doesn't seem the popular thing to do, even when it's not in vogue, even when he is not popular, make sure that you don't let your worship and praise for God be predicated upon how well he is received in society because today they love him and tomorrow they hate him. Today they crown him Lord and tomorrow they say crucify him. Your love needs to be predicated because upon the fact that you know he is your savior, he is your Lord, he is your God, he is your hope, your help, your buckler, your shield, your salvation, and your deliverer. I give him thanks because I know who he is and I love him because he has been so wonderful to me and he has first loved me. I give him praise because he is worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same. The name of the Lord is worthy to be praised. I need to turn back and tell him thank you. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for raising me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for delivering me. You stop complaining about the things that you don't have and start thanking him for the things that you do have. You be the one in the midst of a family, in the midst of a group that is murmuring and complaining. You be the one that turns the circumstance around and say, we ought to give God thanks. Listen, you can sit here and die or you can get up and live. I'm going to get up and I'm going to live for him who died for me. I'm going to glorify his name. I'm going to magnify him. I'm going to celebrate him. I'm going to ascribe unto him the glory that
that is due his name. I want to be the one that gets up from where I am, turns my circumstance around by the power of God and gives him the glory, the honor and the adoration that is due him. I want to be the one that turns back to say thank you and not just the leper. The leper is not the only occasion that we have of one that is willing to step out from the crowd and be the one that's unique and different and willing to take God at his word. But you remember that even in Matthew chapter 14, as Jesus is sending the disciples away in the ship and the Bible says that when they went in the ship, that the the sea was tossed with waves and the winds were contrary or, or heavy. And the Bible says that about the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And the Bible says that when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear, but straightway Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer. It is I don't be afraid. And Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, if it be you bid me come unto you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I want to be the one, not only that turns around to say thank you, but I want to be the one that's willing to get out of the boat, to take Jesus at his word, to put my feet upon the water and to see it jail under my feet because he has bid me come. I want to be the one that when the others are in the ship cowering and fearful and just glad to be getting to the other side, I want to be the one that says, Lord, if you have done it, show me how to do it. He says, these works shall you do and greater works shall you do. I want to be the one that says, Lord, let thy kingdom come and thy will be done in the earth as it is in heaven and let it be done through me. We know that Peter later began to sink because he took his eyes off of Jesus, but he was the only one that said, Lord, if it be you bid me come on the water. And he got up out of the ship and began to walk to Jesus on the water. I want to be the one that's willing to push my faith to the next level and allow God to challenge me and to push me past my comfort level. There are things that you want from God, but you want to only walk in the comfort level of your faith. You only want to do things that don't push you, that don't make you feel uncomfortable, but to get to that level that you want to attain in God, you got to be willing to be uncomfortable, be willing to run the risk of looking like a fool for Christ's sake, be willing to be ridiculed and laughed at and mocked and say, Lord, if it be you bid me come. And when he says, come, listen, all of the other ones could have said, Lord, I want to come too. Lord, include me in Lord. But nobody else wanted to come because they saw the tumultuous winds and the waves that were blowing around the ship and they were fearful and afraid. Fear will paralyze you. Fear will keep you from moving to the next level in God. Fear will keep you from experiencing the miracles of God. Fear will keep you where you are. But I want to be the one that puts the fear under my feet, that's willing to step out of the boat, that's willing to take God at his word. Listen, I don't know about you, but I owe him everything. I owe him 
everything, every part of me, every part of my being, every part of my life. I owe it to him, my healing, my deliverance, my salvation, my hope, my life. I owe it all to him. And so I have nothing to lose. You got to come to the place where you know you have nothing to lose because had it not been for the Lord on your side, you would have been swallowed up by the hand of the enemy. But the Lord has kept the hand of the enemy at bay. He has delivered you and brought you out. He has brought you into the vastness of his blessings and honored you with his presence. He has placed his treasure in your earthen vessels. You owe him everything. And if you are like me, you understand that you are living on borrowed time. And if it hadn't been for the Lord that delivered you and brought you out, you'd be sleeping in your grave. But because he has delivered you and brought you out, you owe him everything. And why not take him at his word? Why not try him? Why not stretch out on faith? Why not run the risk of looking foolish for him who died for you? I owe you everything. And I want to be the one that turns back to say thank you. I owe him everything. I owe everything to him. I owe him my heart, my soul, and my mind. I owe everything to him. I owe Oh, to my Jesus, I owe everything Lord, to Him. I owe Him my heart, my soul. you but since I owe everything to my Jesus can I get a witness tonight since I owe everything oh Lord to him I owe him everything and you know something about when you know you owe him everything when you know that you were in a desperate strait when you know that you were in dire need and he came to see about you to meet your need then you're willing to run the risk of looking foolish you know that if I've got to get on my hands and knees and crawl through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment then so be it because I owe him everything I want to be the one that's willing to say that he has touched me 
that he has rolled away my reproach, that he has healed me, that he has brought me out of darkness, that he has brought me into the marvelous light. I want to be the one. When you have a need from God, you won't worry that he says that I can't give the children's bread to a dog. You won't be offended by what he says, but you'll be honored that he has allowed you to come sit at the table and enjoy the crumbs because if there's healing in the loaf, there is healing in the crumb. I'm not going to be turned aside. I'm not going to be dissuaded, but I'm going to keep on pressing through, pressing my way to believe, to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I want to be the one that says unto Jesus that you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak a word. And I know that your word will bring healing. Your word will bring deliverance. Your word will bring all that I need. If you would just speak the word, I want to be the one that knows that Everything that I have is owed to him and I'll take my alabaster box and wash his feet with it because I understand that everything I have and everything I am, I owe it to him. When nobody else wanted anything to do with me, when everybody cast me out like a leper, when they cast me out like I was done for, when they looked at me and said, don't waste your time helping that one. And that one is beyond help that it was Jesus that came by and saw me bleeding and dying on the Jericho road. And I want to be the one that turns around to tell him, thank you. I want to be the one that's willing to stretch out on faith and to see him work in my life. I want to be the one that's willing to go the extra mile of the way. The good thing about God is that he's willing to help me right where I am. He doesn't give up on me. He doesn't throw me away. He doesn't discard me. Even when I am unfaithful, the Bible says he remains faithful unto me. I want to be the one that lets him know that he has not bestowed his grace and mercy and loving kindness upon me in vain. And that that he has sold into me shall come forth into everlasting life. I want to be the one that he can use when he says, who will go and whom shall I send? I want to be the one like an Isaiah that says, here am I, Lord, you can send me. Here am I, Lord, you can use me. And wherever he sends me and whatever he bids you to do, I want to be the one that says, Yes, Lord, I want to be the one like a Jesus that praying in the midst of the garden, even when he's asking you to do something that's hard, something that's contrary to your desire, something that goes against the grain of your flesh. I want to be the one that prays the prayer that says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will, O God, be done in me. I want to be the one that's willing to set my will and my desire on the back burner to say, Lord, have your way in my life. I want to be the the one that says, nevertheless, Lord, not my way, not my will, not my thoughts, but let your will be done in me. I want to be the one like a Joe that when he comes to the end of his testing and trial, he's able to say, now I see that you are Lord and you are God and you are worthy to be praised. I have spoken of things that I had no knowledge of. I have tried to move into things that it was too big for me to understand. I want to be the one that's willing to fall down on my face and to repent and change my way when I see that it's contrary to the will of God to seek his forgiveness and to seek his mercy when I know I have messed up. I want to be the one that's willing to say that that which I have spoken was too wonderful for me to even understand or grasp. But you, Lord, are great and merciful and wonderful and worthy to be praised. I want to be the one like a Paul that understands that of sinners, I am the chief, but you have looked beyond my faults and 
met my needs, washed me and cleansed me. And Father, you have done a work in me and I owe you everything, everything I am and everything I ever hope to be. I owe it all to you. I realize, dear God, that it could have been me out on the street with no food and no clothes and no shelter over my head. But you didn't see fit to let any of these things be. And by your power and your grace, you keep on keeping me. And I want to be the one that says, thank you, dear God. I owe you my life. I owe you my everything. I owe you everything. And I want to be the one that gives back to you that which you have given unto me. I want to be the one that when you come back, dear God, that you will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You can enter into the rest of the Lord. I want to be the one, dear God, that makes you smile, that makes you happy. The one God that puts a smile upon your face. I want to be the one. Would you help me, dear God, to step out from the crowd, to not be, to not want to go along, to get along, but to be the one when you say who's on the Lord's side that I say, I am on the Lord's side. And as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I want to be the one that stands up for righteousness, that decrees and declares the word of God, that's willing to go where you send me, speak what you put in my heart to say, to do the will of him that sent me. I want to be the one. I challenge you today. Are you willing to be the one? Dear God, we thank you for this opportunity and this privilege to come into your presence, to magnify your name. Dear God, we thank you that you, Father, have been merciful and kind to us, that you, Father, have bestowed your loving kindness upon us. I thank you that you have awakened us this morning in our right mind, and you have given us the opportunity to come boldly to the throne of grace. And so we come this morning asking you to walk Wash us and cleanse us and create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in us. Give us the boldness, God, to stand in the face of adversity and to decree and to declare what the Lord has said in our lives, to take you at your word, to be the one that gets out of the ship, to be the one that's willing to stretch out our hand and part the Red Sea, to be the one that will turn back with a loud voice and say thank you. We want to be the one that's willing to crawl, Father, if it requires crawling. We want to be the one that's willing to say, speak your word, and we know the work will be done. We want to be the one that will take you at your word to pray the prayer of faith, God, believing to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Would you help us, dear God, hallelujah, to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, that we might run with faith and patience the race that is set before us, that we might be the one that attains the prize. For you said the race is not given to the swift, neither the battle to the strong, but only to them that endure to the end. We want to be the one that endures to the end in times of hardship and calamity, in times of distress and peril. We want to be the one that believes in you, that trusts in you, that takes you at your word. We want to be the one that says, nevertheless, dear God, at thy word, Father, we will do what you have commanded us to do. Walk in the authority that you have given to every believer. Take the dominion that you have given to every believer. We want to be the one that makes you proud, that makes you happy, God. We want to be the one that when you return, we will be part of that remnant that have stood
good in the face of evil, that has decreed righteousness in the face of unrighteousness, that has stood as a standard bearer for the gospel of Jesus Christ, the one that's not ashamed of the gospel, the one that will do what you said and go where you send us. Thank you for calling us out of darkness into this glorious, marvelous light wherein we now stand. We shall never be entangled again with the yoke of bondage wherein you have made us free, but we shall be the one that shines as the light in a darkened world that salts the earth, dear God, that shows forth the glory of our Savior. And we glorify your name that you have given us this opportunity and this privilege to get right with you. And we thank you, Father, that we are the one that you, dear God, will use for your glory. We are the one that came back to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.